Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are finishing up Season 4 of The Clone Wars, Episodes 19, 20, 21, 22, as we tell you tales from the dark side. All that and more after this commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back, I'm Matthew, I'm your host. Joining me as always for the Clone Wars is Riki Hayashi. However, unfortunately, Sarah is not feeling too well today, so it's just going to be Riki. But Riki, we have uh, just a little bit to discuss. How, how are you feeling today as we get ready to dive into the Dark Side episodes? It's okay. I have plenty to say about these. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So um, as I've mentioned, we're really going into the Dark Side today. These are the episodes for for those of you who either don't remember or haven't seen them before. Um, we... We basically are following the adventures of first uh, Ventress and then Sauvage Press and Darth Maul as we're getting a lot of examples of the dark side outside of the Sith. And I have to say, Riki, these are some of my favorite episodes of The Clone Wars because I, I just really love getting to – I feel like this really fills out the world in such a great way. You know, this isn't about the Clone War. It's not about – General Grievous is a part of it. Dooku's a part of it. Anakin shows up for a little bit. Obi-Wan sort of does. But – this isn't the Jedi and the Sith. This is about a whole bunch of people who are this is about a whole bunch of people who are connected to the dark side but doing their own thing. Yeah, to tell you the truth, this is why I watched this series. Yeah. I know, I mean, part of it was you recommending it and saying, <laughs> "Hey, like let's let's watch these together and talk about them." But it was really when we saw the movie Solo and at the end of that, we get the mm surprise i mean to me it was a surprise that darth maul or maul uh was yep. still alive in that era after getting uh cut in half at the end of the phantom menace and i had no idea like <clears throat> i had never watched uh, the clone wars i had not really read that much about that era in the books so mm-hmm. this came as a big surprise at the end of that movie and i was like so nice. excited like what what's going on what what and i just kind of lost it after i came out of that movie and then come to find out you know he's a he becomes a prominent villain in this series starting right here yeah yeah and this is how we get him and i think this is one of the best season enders we've gotten you know because it ends with sauvage oppress and darth maul reunited darth maul sort of back they've they've had a confrontation with obi-wan and they didn't kill obi-wan but they survived and now they're going to go off and just you know maniacally laugh and do their mischief and Mm. it's just such a great setup for what comes next yeah i mean this is actual an actual season ender right yeah i think some (laughs) some of the early seasons just had like an episode and it's like yeah that's the end of the season um season one ended with cad bane um getting uh zero the hut out of Mm. prison but it didn't it's not like the next season then followed up on that like zero was right. out there and we get a story with with them later but it th- this is a real kind of cliffhanger and and makes you excited for the next season you can't wait mm-hmm. you know back in the day well now again we have kind of tv seasons again with streaming mm-hmm. you have to wait right it's like oh like yeah. <laughs> six months oh no what am i gonna do Listen, I'm counting the hours till the next WandaVision episode comes out, so I, I know what this is like, you know? And I, I remember that when you had to wait six months instead of just six days, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm, and we're going to definitely... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I am every time Cobra Kai comes out with a new season, we binge it, and I just like, mm-hmm. dang it, like I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. 
Well, and I think what I like so much about this set of four episodes is, you're right, we we end with the two-parter about Sauvage and Darth Maul, and it's fantastic. But even before we get there, we get a two-parter about Ventress. It's really two different episodes, just that it's tied together by about her kind of trying to find herself in the post-Dooku era, for her, her, I mean. But I do love that we get all four of these together, because I feel like there's just this... To me, it's so interesting seeing these different characters who are not friends, they're very much antagonists, but they're all, it's basically four episodes of dark side users who want nothing to do with Dooku, nothing to do with Sidious, but are still very much part of the dark side, figuring out where they're going to go. And I just, I just love that connection and that thread between the four of them. Yeah, this was, I mean, the previous set we talked about the fall of Anakin, right? Like we commented that it seemed like a movie, like a better version of Revenge of the Sith. And this set of four also is like a little miniature movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you called it, I think, Tales of the Dark Side. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and so let let me give just a quick plot summary of the four of them. And then let's talk about some of that um, larger themes and then we'll dive into the specifics. So we pick up pretty soon after what had happened a bunch of episodes ago where um, Ventress has left Count Dooku. Count Dooku betrayed her, tried to kill her. She tries to kill him back. She goes to the Night Sisters. They come up with a plot to assassinate Dooku. It fails. So now Dooku wants revenge. He wants to protect himself. He's launching this grand attack against the Night Sisters. Ventress has rejoined them. There's a big epic battle, and most of the Night Sisters are killed. Ventress escapes, and uh, Mother Talzin, the leader of the, the Night Sisters, she also escapes. We then have Asajj in our next episode become a bounty hunter. Um, it turns out that in this universe, bounty hunter pretty much just means criminal for hire. Um, and we get what's basically just a really good heist movie episode uh, where known criminal mastermind Boba Fett is leading a fun little gang. And it's, you know, a fun episode about Asajj kind of continuing to find herself. We then switch to Savage and what Savage is doing um, and Savage on his quest to find um, Darth Maul. And he goes through all sorts of adventures. He eventually finds Darth Maul in what is a clear allusion to Lord of the Rings and Shelob the spider. Uh, It's a great scene that we'll get to in a second. And then he and Darth Maul are reunited. Uh, They they challenge Obi-Wan. And in a great way of tying it all together, Ventress winds up also being there. And in one of the best, you know, strange bedfellows moment, Obi-Wan and Ventress wind up having a fight where they're using both their snark and their lightsabers to fight um, Maul and Oppress. The four of them fight, everyone gets away, and curtain. Does that kind of give a pretty good uh, summary of what we had for these four episodes? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what do you think we learn about the dark side in these four episodes? You know, I mean, we're for so much of the story, the dark side is Palpatine and Sidious, uh, you know, Palpatine and Dooku, Sidious and Tyrannus, and then Vader and some of the others. What what was your kind of take on getting to see so much of the dark side outside of the Sith? Um, so I really like the Maul scenes, mm-hmm. and, and to me, they emphasized you know hate and anger. Yep, are are the fuel of the dark side fire, mm-hmm. and and he he really like embodies those emotions so well and feeds off of it and even encourages it in Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And, and we see Obi-Wan falter in battle because of the influence of the dark side. 
definitely. Uh, the Night Sister stuff is a little weird to me, mm-hmm. um, just because it, you know the 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 voodoo angles, and I'm not mm-hmm. sh- I'm not really sure how how to feel about that. It, it's it's a different take on the dark side, and I think that in itself is good, right. but I'm not sure if it's I'm not sure if it's a respectful portrayal of, of like fair. this different religion. Yeah, you mean that? I mean, it, it certainly does. Like, there's no direct connection, but because they have kind of Eastern European accents, that it seems to be kind of like allusions to Romani kind of ideas. Is that the concern? Um, well, there's that uh, which we've talked about in the past, but there's also like, I mean. I, I'm not an expert on it, but literally they use like a voodoo doll to right. hurt Dooku. Yeah, it it is definitely a sign of once again them kind of. I mean, I think inventing entirely new cultures and religions is always a difficult thing, but they, the Clone Wars is pretty quick to draw upon established things and just kind of give it a quick like you know rub off the serial numbers to make it a Star Wars thing. Um, and I I I I think it's a good point. I hadn't even picked up on the voodoo thing. I was mostly noticing the kind of. You know the Eastern European witch type type um, mm-hmm. trope they fall into, and but, and the zombies as well. I believe right. we've, we've talked about in the past that the the zombies actually do come from this voodoo religion, right? Mm-hmm. Right, the Vudan idea of a uh, um, Caribbean. I, I I think I really like a lot of the Night Sisters, though. In that, I think what I like is that they're to me if like. I'm trying to think how to best describe it because it's not quite different kinds of like neutral or chaotic evil D and D style, but it's something similar. If the Sith are ambition, the the Night Sisters seem to be much more isolationist. You know, they're 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 evil in that they have absolutely no qualms killing people who get in their way. They have absolutely no qualms, you know, enslaving the other people of Dathomir to do what they think is important. But they also have they're pretty happy just to be left alone. They don't seem to have all this, like, go out into the world and conquer. Hmm. And, and I think I really liked seeing that side of the of the dark side. You know, that it doesn't have to be the quest for ultimate power and the maniacal laugh and the mustache twirling. You know, that you could have a bunch of dark side users who are just kind of like, yeah, you know, don't come here. Because if you come here, you know, we're going to end you and we're going to do it in all sorts of dirty, terrible ways. But other than that, we're happy just to lead our own lives. Well, I think that Sidious embodies um, the notion of political power, right? Like a pursuit of political power and basically dominating other people and cultures. Mm-hmm. And the Night Sisters, uh, their power is more—I mean, literally, like over life and death, right? Yeah, and there's just a general like they—you know—they're able to ru- literally bring the dead back to life with the kind of zombie army that they have. Uh, all the kind of other crazy things they're doing. I mean, they they literally created Sauvage Press, and I, I think the implication is supposed to be, and actually, uh, no, I know this is true from the the book Darth Plagueis. Um, they created Darth Maul as well. There's a scene sure, in the yeah, novel yeah. Darth Plagueis where uh, young Palpatine meets with the Night Sisters, and they give him this infant named Maul to raise as a young, you know, as a as a dark side user. So so yeah, you're right. They they have a um, a, a real power there, and I, I don't know if this has been explored in the in the in the books at all. And listeners, if you do, please write in and let us know. I'm curious if this relationship between the Night Sisters and the Sith like goes back. Like, have there been other Night Brothers who have become Sith, like Darth Maul did, or was that just a first time thing? I'd be I don't know enough about that, but I'm very curious. 
Oh, and what you were saying about uh, creating Opress, when they bring Maul back to Talzin, she also re- reconstructs him right. with her magics. Gives him new legs, um, fixes his uh, memory problems. What do you think is her motivation here? Because she's obviously very much on the side of Ventress as well. Ventress is now a Night Sister. You know, uh, Mother Talzin's basically willing to let all the rest of the Night Sisters die in order to help, you know, save Ventress. But she's also helping Opress and Maul, who are not friends with Ventress. Is she just kind of like, I'm going to help anybody and I hope my children don't fight with each other? Is she kind of intentionally playing them off against each other? What do you think Mother Talzin's angle is with all this? I think ultimately she's trying to stop Sidious. Right. Right, because that's that's the, that's what ties all these elements. They sent Ventress to be Dooku's apprentice and basically mm-hmm. spy. Uh, they did the same with Savage and then tries to use both of them in various ways to take out Dooku and right. ultimately Sidious. So I I don't I think she probably sees uh, Sidious as an existential threat because mm. she probably understands that he is he's going to stop at nothing for this political power meaning right. he, oh, he to do that he's going to have to take out other force users you know maybe she right. knows that he plan his, about the plan to take out the Jedi and figures like if he's going to take out the Jedi he's going to take us out too eventually right we're not going to be able to just kind of live and let live the way we always yeah. have he's going to come for Dathomir at some point Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like no, I, I, think, I, I, I don't think she has the uh, she doesn't have the political ambitions. I think ultimately she wants to uh, have this control over right. life and death and and enhance her own power to do that, but not with like any kind of political end to that. Right, she's happy just to be here on Dathomir with her night sisters and the night brothers and just let it be and not not do anything more than that. Yeah. So let's talk about, so Ventress is there. We get this great battle. Um, I have to say, we had battle droids, but I don't think the phrase Roger Roger got, got uttered. And certainly it was a it was a pretty fun battle to watch with the, the Night Sisters having their kind of like laser bows and arrows and things like that. They said um, it. They said it, Matthew. Did they say Roger Roger? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I caught it. It was, okay. I think it was the driver of the um, the tank, the mm-hmm. de- defoliator tank. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Even if they do, though, I thought it was overall it was a good battle. It, it, I did feel, though, and I'm curious, you're, maybe maybe you were not feeling this as much, especially because you didn't, uh, were not as fond of them as I was. It felt like they introduced this really interesting set of characters in the Night Sisters, and we'd met them once or twice before, but we hadn't, like, Ventress joins them, and I'm like, okay, great, we're going to get a whole bunch of episodes about Ventress and the Night Sisters, and then they all get wiped out. Did that yeah. seem kind of fast to you? It did. Um, certainly wish we could have had time to learn their names. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but so so it's a fun battle scene. Uh, they get wiped out, and then we get to a heist movie. Um, what what? And here I I do wish Sarah was here because I know Sarah loves a good heist as well. But what what was your take on um what I refer to as the Boba Fett heist and Ventress kind yeah. of getting wrapped up with this? Mary, as as uh, one of them actually describes it, join our merry band of bounty hunters. Why is it? Why is it always a train? <laughs> right, Firefly. I think 
the mm-hmm. the pilot maybe or the second episode they have a That's train a job yeah <clears throat> and then um in solo it's a train oh yeah that's right and do you think the, it, it's just it's all just like homages to like the the westerns of like the cowboys robbing trains in the 18 in the 1800s maybe and there's something compelling about the train as a mm-hmm. vehicle because it keeps going right right like it we've keeps seen going it, it makes for very narrow fights, you know, because it's all this sort of very compressed area. And so there's a lot of kind of like moving with, with, with your surroundings that makes for interesting fighting. Yeah. And, and like, I, I'm a big fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Me too. And Me too. They're, they're always having heists, but it's like a big rig truck. And, and mm-hmm. oftentimes you can just like get the truck to stop. Right. But you can't really stop the train. I mean, you could, but... It's just an interesting set piece, I think. Yeah. And in terms of like this episode in general, uh, I I thought it was probably the weakest in the set, even even though I appreciated Ventress's growth as a character a lot in this one. Well, and describe it. I I didn't go too much into it. So what what does Ventress go through in this episode? Well, she, I don't want to say face. I mean, she's still evil, but she grows a conscience mm-hmm. and I think that's fair uh, so the point of this episode was that boba fett's group is guarding a package to be delivered to the lord of this planet and they have to do it via train because techno babble something about the atmosphere you can't fly right um and and they have to protect it from this band a uh, group of bandits that they know is going to come after this package and uh, it's this big chest, ornate chest. Mm-hmm. And during course of the battle with the bandits, the chest is knocked over to reveal that there's a woman inside. I mean, a girl, really. Really, girl. Yeah, young girl. And she is not a, she's, she's a captive. She's a slave. She's not a willing participant to this. And Ventress sees this, and uh, we don't actually get a flashback, but it causes her to remember her own past where right. she was taken from, uh, you know, her family. And so she turns on Boba Fett and ends up saving the girl, um, delivering her to her brother, who's the leader of the bandits, and betraying the Lord. Even though mm-hmm. the, So she delivers the chest with Boba, Boba tied <laughs> up inside, yeah, still collects the bounty. I don't know why they call it a bounty. Because it's not... Yeah, like I said, Bounty Hunter, this yeah. just seems to be, like, general criminal. But like... she, she collects the payment and then, like, skedaddles before they open it up and find Boba. And then <laughs> she she collects twice. She actually doesn't immediately hand over the sister. She says, you have to pay me to the right. bandits. So she collects basically double on this the bandits job. are led by her... Bro- Is it her brother or someone she's in love with? I think it's, it's her brother. Her, it's her brother. Right. Um, yeah, and then... So she she does the right thing, but still like turns a hefty profit off yeah. it, and it, then it, leaves. I, you know wrestling turns better than I do, but to me, this isn't quite a face turn, but it's sort of that, like, I'm no longer, like, the villain. I'm now more, like, an antagonist with shades of antihero. Yeah, like, th- this is when, basically, like, Vince McMahon is the ultimate evil in wrestling, mm-hmm. So you can still kind of be a heel character and and do underhanded things, but if you are going against Vince McMahon, you you're, you still go over, and people right. love you even as a heel. Yeah, 
And I think that's so important, A, because I think it's just an interesting part of her growth. And again, it, it helps solidify like that it's not just the Jedi and the Sith, that there's all sorts of different entities and groups and people who can have their own agendas. But also because, and, and her involvement is small, but because later she does fight with Obi-Wan against Savage and Opress, against Savage and Maul, I don't think I would have bought it if it wasn't for this. Like, I felt like the, her growth here really helps to set up where she gets to in the next couple episodes. Right, and it also sets up her her career arc as mm-hmm. a bounty hunter. Right, right. I think I agree with you. It's not. It's probably of the four episodes the weakest, but I do like quite a lot of it. It also has some great lines. Um, I quoted, join our merry band of bounty hunters. I will also say someone goes over and flirts with Ventress at a bar by using the uh, age-old line, oh, what's a pretty bald babe like you doing <laughs> in a desert like this? And what I love is she just like lightsaber stabs him. And people like are look at her, and she just was like, he, "I feel talkative," and they're like, "Okay, cool, move along." Um, which you know, for you know people who get overly handsy in a bar, it's you know it's a good policy. Um, but like, it just, I just thought a lot of the episode was really funny that way, and like it was just a couple mm-hmm. of great moments. And just like so, to go back to Boba and his band, he's with mm-hmm. Bosk because right. ba- Bosk is kind of like his uncle slash father figure. He right. seems to be, yeah. It's it's the he Bosk works for him, but Bosk is also it, he's kind of like being like a sergeant, like a battle weary sergeant to like the new lieutenant who's fresh out of the cadet school. Like Boba's in charge, but Boss is like guiding him. Yeah, uh, we get to see young Dengar. Dengar mm-hmm. is another one of the bounty hunters who was on the uh, bridge in Empire Strikes Back. He's the guy yep. who's like wrapped up in, um, like a. Like desert gear, almost like a. Um, he's got like a towel. Right, he doesn't look like a Tuscan raider, but it's yeah. close. It's that same kind of idea. Uh, and so the disappointing thing for me was that Enbo, the hat bounty hunter, you know, the, the guy who throws his metallic hat, like mm-hmm. walks out of the the place where Boba is hanging out at the beginning, as Ventress and and Bosk are coming in. So I thought Embo was part of the gang, and then he just, like, walks out for no reason. And then, like, in the next episode as well, like, he's hanging out in the background, which I okay. like. I, I like that you, yeah. you, know, you can recognize background characters, but I was like, why? Why isn't he part of this gang? You know, maybe not everybody wants to work for the 12-year-old kid. That's true. I, I will say I thought with Boba, it's funny. At one point, I was kind of, like, looked away for a second, and then I looked back, and I saw, wait— is that a clone? It looks too young. And I'm like, no, of course, that it's Boba Fett. And the fact that they're making Boba Fett look like that effectively, a young version of the clones that we've seen so many of, you know, you, you think of Boba Fett as this totally different character. You, it's easy to forget he's one more of the clones. So I thought that was just a great bit of animation. And sound like them, kind of. Like the accents <laughs> seem to come and go. Yeah. At times. <laughs> I can understand that. One of those so- Robin Hood. Prince Let's now thieves. get to our touching story of brotherly love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, how much do you love the worm? Uh, not very much. Sarah, Sarah yeah. liked him a lot. Okay. I, I like there, there's the acute worm friend who, well, so here's my question. The story go this, you know, Darth Maul, or not, sorry. Savage Press finds his way to um, this planet where Maul is. And he meets up with this, kind of talking snake worm-like creature who's 
trying to be very like slithery, like I'll tempt you, but then Opress is just like, no, I'm going to kill you. We're going to do the thing. And, and the worm is like, yeah, sure. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. But it turns out that um, the worm does not want to help Opress. He just wants to like deliver him to the worm's master. And it's a very much a like, you know, Lord of the Rings, Golem delivering the hobbits to Shelob in the, um, in the, you know, under the mountain and the tunnels thing. What I don't get is it's clear that, I mean, once we really look at the, the beast that the worm is serving, that it's exact, it is Darth Maul's head on the body of a huge spider, which is exactly what Sauvage said he was looking for. Did, did the worm, like the worm says he's betraying the guy when really he's actually helping him. Does he just have no idea what's going on? What the hell happened there? No, he doesn't. I mean, he he wants leftovers, right? So right. I guess Maul eats people? I don't know. He just hasn't really paid any attention to what it is that he's serving in terms of this big spider thing and that it is exactly what Savage is describing. <laughs> oh, you mean the like, yeah, he looks like me, my brother looks like me, sure. Yeah, exactly. It 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 wasn't a big deal, and I did like the uh the Lord of the Rings Shalab sort of pickup thing there. But it is kind of a great scene, I thought, because at first you just see that it's a spider, and then it's only sort of like through shadow, and then you quickly, you, you eventually pick up on the fact that it's Darth, like Darth Maul's head and body attached to the rest of a spider. And I oh, thought that yeah. was very well done. It, it was filmed like a horror movie. I say filmed, drawn, I don't know. Right. Um, directed like a horror movie with uh, the skittering in the background and not barely being able to see in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did such a good job of... You know, he's both... Maul is terrifying, but you also tell that he's terrified. He's deeply mentally unbalanced. He's all over the place. And I almost felt sorry for him for a few moments. Like, you can just tell he just has... Do they, do they actually explain how it is that his body winds up being grafted to the spider? Is that is that some dark side magic thing he did? Did someone else do it? I don't. I didn't catch if that was explained. I, not in the episode. I'm sure there's a comic book right. or something. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, I I want to talk real quick about this planet. Yeah, go for it. This planet is amazing. It, it's like a junkyard planet, like the whole the at least where Savage lands. Everything is like mountains of junk, like right. me- metallic junk, and then there are these robots, droids. I guess I I don't even know what they are, but they walk around like dinosaurs on four legs. And they just like eat the junk and breathe fire. They're like mm-hmm. melting the junk. Maybe that maybe that's their purpose. That's what they're there for is to like melt all this stuff. It's the most and badass then, disposal droids you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are these uh what do they call them? the junkers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um there are there's a nomadic group living here. Um I, I don't know doing what, but they are dressed in a really interesting way. And it was just, I can't even think of, like, what it was evocative of, but, like, several different properties of of this kind of, like, almost nightmarish, but kind of cute. Like, I thought the Junkers were (laughs) meant to be kind of cute, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a very, like, you know what the whole thing reminded me of just a bit was in the MCU... It, 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 we find it in Thor Ragnarok, the planet where all the trash that kind of gets lost in interdimensional travel winds up. Do you remember? Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like that. I, I sort of like obviously this is much darker and like red and black instead of bright daylight. But that was definitely the the direction I got from it. So I haven't seen it, but there's a movie I believe it's called Nine. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Right, a um, an animated movie called Nine, where it's the same kind of almost like Tim Burton aesthetic. I don't think it's actually Tim Burton, mm-hmm. but that's that's the kind of aesthetic of like cute but kind of scary right yeah no i think tim burton is a good way to describe it and they definitely kind of and it it fits because i mean what is a better sort of example of the kind of like island of misfit toys but in a very screwy way than this like half man half spider creature that is both a terrible danger to itself and everybody else around it yeah and 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 just i think this planet would be a great level to play on a video game. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally see that. I can totally see that. So we we get we get to them kind of deciding. Okay, now they're going to go get their revenge. And I get there's a part of me that, and this goes for like everything in like comic books, superheroes. If you challenge someone to a battle and they defeat you in battle, I don't quite get the like they've terribly wronged me. I need revenge. That that never. To me, you get revenge when someone, like, betrays you or something like that. But but even putting that aside, like, clearly they want revenge against Obi-Wan. And I do love their plan. Um, He, he, you know, Maul says to oppress, like, the way we get him, I want to make sure I get the exact line here. um, the, The way to get the attention of the Jedi is the slaughter of the innocent without mercy. And... I mean, a there's a part of me thinking like this is a kids show, and we're getting fairly dark now that we're at the end of season four. But also, I just think it's so true, you know. Like, how do you how do you get the Jedi attention? You start killing people because the Jedi like they have to come save them, and that's always the way to get their attention. And you know, Obi Wan has this talk with Yoda and the others, and they decide like, yeah, he's got to go. It's the only option. Yeah, I don't think this is a kids show anymore. It's <laughs> it's, it's animated. But it's not a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely getting into some some interesting themes that are a lot more than just kid stuff, and I'm really liking that. Yeah, so they lure Obi-Wan out there, and it's weird because uh, Mace Windu says, hey, you should take an entire squad with you, which I agree with. He's like, no, we can't do that. He said, come alone, which, no, when they say come alone, never go alone. I mean, given what we've seen, if he takes 20 or 30 clone soldiers with him, will that accomplish anything except to get 20 or 30 clone soldiers killed? Like, I, do we have any reason to think that they're going to be of any help against two dark side wielding, light, you know, two dark side powered light, lightsaber using uh, power power guys? Take some more Jedi. Yeah. And it, so <laughs> in the last episode, Anakin and Ahsoka had like this little, little bit. Mm hmm. It was very strange. I mean, I like it, but they were they were like investigating the diner where Savage like beat a bunch of people up, right? And then you think that they're gonna be on the tail and follow him, and like, no, that was it. They Just like investigated and like, oh, we lost the, we lost the trail. Oh well. You know, it doesn't make much sense, and I get that, but it does allow us to have Obi Wan and Ventress fighting together and being both super sassy and fighting like with lightsabers. Oh, and honestly. Yeah. It's such a good scene. I don't care how little sense it makes. <laughs> like, I just, it's everything I wanted. Obi-Wan is literally like at death's door. Mm-hmm. Maul 
has him in a chokehold and is holding his lightsaber up to him. And Obi-Wan quips at him and says, <laughs> I like your new legs. They make you look taller. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Look, like, there those was no could be your last he, words. There was no animal he could ride, so he had to fall back on the other defining part of his personality. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, and then Ventress shows up and like d- does some more. Mm-hmm. Like First makes fun of Savage and then makes fun of Maul. And they get all, yeah, no, it's and 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 it's there's just a wonderful scene of the four of them all fighting together. And one thing I really liked is that at some point Obi Wan loses his lightsaber, so Ventress gives him one of hers, and so for the first time we have four people fighting all with red lightsabers. And I I'm not much of an aesthetics guy, but I just found the visual of that to be really powerful, and I really enjoyed it. Well, if you like lightsabers and the color red, I have a movie <laughs> to recommend. For you it's called the last jedi you mm-hmm. might have heard about it once or twice once or twice i have yeah. i have some good good strong feelings about it but yeah that uh, another great lightsaber mm-hmm. duel yep all with red lightsabers. Uh, we, we had another good one too um in the first episode of this arc between ventress and grievous right right and that's that that's where um yeah grievous has all four red and blue ones while she has the uh, blue and green ones while she has the two two red ones yeah that was also a fun fight. Although he he just so she tries to like make this agreement like one on we'll fight one on one and so if bad. I win you leave and if you win we'll surrender and then she's about to win and he just like orders his droids to start shooting at her. <laughs> yeah, the idea that anyone would make sort of an honorable peace with Grievous yeah. is that Come that's on. not the direction to go, my friends. That does not make sense. But yeah, I, I just found these episodes to be really satisfying. You know, I felt like it was great for Obi-Wan. It's nice to see Ventress like this. It, it makes me really curious about what's going to happen with Ventress going forward in later seasons. Um, it it, it just that's... feels to me like I feel like so much more of my understanding of the world beyond the, the, the Republic and the Separatists it really comes from these episodes and what it teaches us, especially about the dark side. And And the voice acting, too. Of course, like Clancy Brown is as Opress, is mm-hmm. is just one of the greatest uh, animated voice actors. You know, right up there with our, our good friend Luke Skywalker. Right. Yeah, I mean, that whole time that he's going after Maul, it's so interesting to me because, I mean, he is looking for his brother. And I, I keep flashing back to, remember, when he was first made into who he was. It's because Ventress went and, like, you know, picked him out and made him go through these battles during which he killed his actual brother. And so there's a real sort of power to me about him now saying, like, I have to find my brother, mm. and someone he's never met. And so to me, it's just, I mean, we know how much brotherhood means to him as well as how much that idea has been corrupted. Uh, yeah, and so I, just, yeah. I got chills just thinking about that the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hadn't even thought about that, that, yeah, he had killed his own brother who mm-hmm. had another, like, one of those names, right? Right. I can't remember right now. Um, but then also, so the the voice actor for Maul, Sam Witwer. Wow. Fantastic. He does Fantastic. such a good job. The voice acting in general in this. No, I mean, there was a TikTok debate going back and forth about who's the better Obi-Wan in terms of, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness. And I had to chime in. Well, you know, they're both great. But James Allen, James Arnold Taylor the voice actor who plays him in the Clone Wars, also really good. I mean, just 
by now I feel like the directing and the acting and the voice acting has really hit its stride and just every one of these characters I'm invested in I care about I want to know where their story goes yeah and to go back to Maul I mean the way that he goes from almost poetic like Shakespearean Mm -hmm. poetry to just fierce savageness like he turns in a second and I think that's part of his the unhinged nature of the character right now right but but he he has these like quiet moments and then it just builds back up and it's right it's frightening it's why i like the the interplay between him and sauvage so much because you know sauvage rescues him when they meet sauvage is much more powerful but you can tell sauvage also sort of he's like scared of him but also kind of hero worshiping him and there's just this great dynamic and it's one that, you know, no spoilers, but we're going to get a lot more of that between the two of them going forward. And, and this sort of weird power imbalance between the two of them of Maul is like, you know, Maul trained with the Sith. Maul knows things about the dark side that Oppress will never learn. Oppress was, you know, with Dooku for a couple months, maybe. But also Oppress has been alive in the world for a much longer time. He hasn't been chopped in half by a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me that the timing of this at some points got a little confusing because mm-hmm. it it feels like a four-parter like it all happens sequentially but ventress goes from betraying boba fett and his gang and then the next time we see her she's back in that bar and seems to have i mean she has a costume change and she seems to have established herself as a bounty hunter so right. it really seemed like several months have passed um, because she has a ship too she has her own ship She's flying around. The other bounty hunters kind of like give her respect and space. Like, oh, we don't want to mess with you. That was the sense I got was that it that, that there's a couple of, of time jumps. One is for Ventress like that, but also that, you know, after Ventress, after the Night Sisters are defeated and Dathomir falls, that's when Mother Talzin seeks out Savage and says, you know, or no, 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 wait. When did she, because hadn't she already told Darth, uh, savage to go look for darth maul or is that only here no that was at the end of the arc where that's right savage and ventress lose to dooku that's right okay so he had been sent on that mission a while ago so yeah i think you're right the it's not quite clear how the timelines play out but i mean this is the clone wars the there's no chronology that makes any sense at least we at least we don't go backwards (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly um so yeah so i feel like that's um uh, th- those are all the major points I wanted to hit on. I think just four very satisfying episodes that leave me really excited to, to see where we go for next season. Any of the last things you wanted to touch on or points that Sarah asked us to raise? Well, she really liked that snake, the yep. Mor- Morley. <laughs> I don't know. Did you want to say more about that? Because I I don't have much to add about that or the whole Lord of the Rings angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say I just... I liked both of them. The Lord of the Rings angle, it didn't seem like it was a huge deal. It was just a very clear allusion to a sort of very iconic scene. I thought it was kind of fun that they did it that way. Um, I mean, I thought like, it was significant that it uh, Morley is a snake, literally. Oh, yeah. Right? There's a, because there's that a whole has, temptation aspect to yeah. it, for sure. I, I just thought Morley was... First of all, it feels very fitting to that the nature of the planet we were discussing, where it's all dark and gritty and scary but also kind of cute um i thought morley like fit that very well and it was just like a very it it was a nice little moment of levity but also it helped to remind us of the 
just brutality of Savage Press, you know, because on the one hand, we get the story about like a guy looking for his brother, but also like a guy willing to kill everybody in his way to go look for his brother. Um, do you know what I mean by the phrase rescue the cat? No, but did you just hear our cat? No, I did not. Um, okay. Nor do I think it needs rescuing, but I, if I'm wrong, tell me. It's a phrase that gets used in screenwriting and stuff like that. And it's the idea of that if you want to establish someone's a hero, then in the first act you have to see them rescue the cat. You know, oh, they okay. have to do some nice, sweet thing. And I often talk about kind of a, a version of that, which is like in order to show that they're a villain, you have to show them kill the cat. You know, you have to show mm. them like being willing to do some cruel, unnecessary thing just to show their cruelty. And that's kind of Sauvage with the worm. You know, I mean, you know, the worm does betray him. So you kind of understand where he's coming from. But I just thought the whole thing was just a nice way to so, to show off, like, who all the different characters are and where they fit right now. Okay, come on. This is not even... Morley's race is called Anacondon. I just looked it up. <laughs> God, okay. <laughs> um, because there's a million jokes about music that can be made there, I think that's going to be a good place to call it off. Um, so unless you have any other last comments, we'll probably wrap up. I've I've toddled in to say that the snake's the best, and I love yeah. him very much. The snake's great. Uh, also, do you want to say a word about uh, your girl Ventress? I know you have oh, big Ventress feelings. I love Ventress. I love these episodes. I'm sorry I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm so sorry you can't join us for these, but you're with us in spirit. It's all good. Yeah, Ventress is great. Ventress is awesome. I loved her double dipping with the boba stuff mm-hmm. that's great mm-hmm. i know that you are hard at work on your ventress obi-wan fanfic uh, it's which... just there's so much sass oh. there's too uh-huh. much sass <laughs> all the all the obi-wan satine stands are sending us hate but you know, look, that's, that, <laughs> wait that's is... me <laughs> i'm sending you hate oh no I, i'm sure there are marriage counselors who are specifically trained in what happens when different people <laughs> have different otps you know oh, this can be worked out <laughs> Speaking well, of shipping, okay, so another one of the characters in Boba Fett's gang that we didn't specifically mention, uh, the female character, uh, her name is Lots Razi. I may, I might not be pronouncing that correctly, I think that's but correct, she, yeah. she had like these cool, like peacock feather, like a peacock feather boa, oh, but yeah, it was made out of metal. So she would like use it as a weapon. And then in the next episode, even though she was still with Boba's gang, in the next episode, when we see Ventress in the the bar, they're talking together. Right. So that, that lends more credence to the, like, months have passed. Maybe she also left Boba's gang. And now we need that, like, Star Wars Birds of Prey type episode. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I mean, I do get the feeling at this point that there's just kind of like a, you know, Legion of Doom the scum and villainy faction, just like they all hang out at bars, they do jobs together, they betray each other, you know, they're kind of like, yeah, okay, you got me that time, I'll get you next time, that kind of thing. So, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for arising from your sickbed to join us. Ricky, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. To our fans, what do you all think? Um, what's your take on the dark side? What did we learn in these episodes? What more do you want to learn more about? Let us know. Best way to find us, search for The Ethical Panda. That's my kind of gnome de plume in terms of podcasting. Go to theethicalpanda.com, find all of our uh, social media. Best to talk with us on Twitter, on Facebook. You can also go to strandedpanda.com. That's where you'll find my podcasts, uh, as well as every other podcast we have about Star Trek, 
superhero ethic stuff that I do. A lot of great stuff about the MCU and WandaVision, DC Universe, Star Trek. Lots of great stuff there. So thank you so much. Please check all of that out. Please join the conversations with us and have a great day. Yay. Thank you. Kenobi. <laughs> I heard I heard Riki mentioning the snake and I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta go stand for the snake. Look, I know you don't like the anacondas, but when it comes to alien names, I don't want none unless it got puns. Huh? Oh, that's good. You have to use that. You have to keep that in. <laughs> <laughs>